This is the Oanda Podcast. Brought to you by Jazz FM's Business Breakfast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, where we discuss all the business headlines and preview the week ahead with Oanda Senior Market Analyst Craig Earlham. How are you doing, Craig? I'm really good, mate. How are you? Very good. Before we preview the week ahead, I wanted to reflect those U.S. jobs report numbers on Friday. And the American economy added a stronger than expected 304,000 jobs in January. And that was far in excess of the forecast of around about 165,000. So nearly double. Why such a discrepancy? Well, we have to remember that while the government shutdown reportedly didn't have an impact on the job creation figure, the NFP figure, because of the way the data was collected, it did have an impact on the unemployment figure because that data is collected slightly differently. So unemployment ticked higher from 3.9% to 4%, and it seems that that was largely driven by the way the data is collected for the furloughed workers, so those who are not being paid. The interesting thing from this report was the fact that the NFP number did suggest that the private sector economy did really well despite the shutdown. So it would suggest that the shutdown had zero impact or minimal impact on the actual private sector economy. So that's really encouraging. And then, of course, there is the average hourly earnings figure, the monthly figure missed, but the overall figure, the annual annualized figure, uh, was very much in line at 3.2%. So I think we're looking at this report saying it's very good. But when you're looking at the NFP figure of last month that was revised down by nearly 100,000 as well, I think people are looking at the situation that we have around it and saying, Do you know what, I would rather wait and see two or three more months of data before I make a judgment on this rather than rely on the two months when the government was shut down because I may not be able to explain it, but it, there's something about this data that doesn't necessarily feel overly reliable. Maybe that's the data collection, maybe that's the analytical side, who knows. But the markets really didn't respond to this. And when you're looking at a, a job creation figure of above 300,000, you would expect a response, especially in a market where the dollar's been so oversold. But the markets didn't respond. So that really doesn't suggest to me that markets are paying too much attention to the data. It is a very confusing picture. How reliable have these figures been over the last decade or so is this a trend or is this just a peculiar set of circumstances well i think for one january just tends to be a soft month if i'm not mistaken for the us so this is an extremely positive one so that would suggest there is something of an outlier there they are reliable figures it's the most widely followed economic report that we get each month because of the breadth of information that we can get from it be that earnings growth well that feeds into inflation job creation that's the strength of the economy the unemployment rate participation which is a figure that's often overlooked but came into focus a few years ago because participation was dropping which was reducing the unemployment rate at the same time that happened quite dramatically just ahead of the obama mitt romney election which really helped um, Obama's case about a week before the actual people went to the polls. So yeah, I still think it's a reliable piece of data. I think people are going to look at the last two months and say, I can see the figures are there, but I'm more interested in what February and March says, assuming, of course, we don't have another shutdown. I want to move on to the trade talks between the United States and China. And off the back of last week's talks in Washington, there was a bit more positivity in the air. Indeed, President Trump says he's going to meet with President Xi sooner rather than later. Perhaps the end of the month, there might be some kind of meeting. What are markets learning at the moment and what are they looking forward to this week? 
yeah, it seems week by week we are getting a different perspective on how these talks were going. Prior to these talks, it looked like they made it hit something of a stumbling block, but the officials, Chinese and US officials, met on Wednesday and Thursday, uh, just gone. These talks seem to be progressed very well. We had some very positive commentary, not just the usual commentary from Trump, but also his officials, uh, Robert Lighthizer, was very bullish about how these talks were progressing, not just on the actual trade front, but on other issues as well with regards to intellectual property, etc. Still, I think there's a long way to go. Trump is planning to meet with G, President Xi later on in the month, it's been reported, but he's very keen to suggest that he only wants to have this meeting when they are concluding the deal as opposed to uh, continue to negotiate. It seems things are progressing well. And I think that's a real boost to the markets because these trade talks, the threat of more tariffs, have really held markets back for quite some for some time now. It's been an underlying risk in the markets for more than a year. It really contributed, in my view, in the third quarter of last year to the market going into a bit of a meltdown. It was one of the key risks there, and we were seeing these tariffs being imposed uh, right, left, and centre at the time. I think what we need now is to get to the end of this month and talk of new tariffs to be dropped and there to be a, a, an idea that we're working towards tariffs being removed. I don't think this week is going to be a particularly noisy week on that front. I think the next couple of weeks could go quite quiet again while uh, these talks and work, the work continues in the background. I think what we can learn from the weeks that just gone is that both sides seem to be coming together. We are getting closer. How comprehensive a deal this is going to be, which is what's been promised, I'm not convinced by because two months of talks to come up with a comprehensive deal between the two largest economies in the world, between the biggest ever trade deal, as Trump himself has suggested. That seems like a lot of work and not a lot of time to me. But all we need to see is signs of real progress. And this last week has given me optimism and the markets. OK, earnings season continues, Craig. We had Apple, Facebook and Amazon last week. Now it's the turn of Alphabet, BP and Twitter. Yeah, big focus on tech last week. Uh, there is still some, obviously, to come this week, as you've just mentioned with Twitter. It's been a weird earnings season, to be honest. I think overall, it's going relatively well. It's the last quarter of earnings where we are going to see that big bump from the uh, tax cuts introduced at the start of 2018. So this last quarter, when we're going to see this kind of double-digit earnings growth, although we're expecting the fourth quarter to be actually um, softer than the three that preceded it. It's been really mixed in terms of what the actual kind of results we're seeing. And just to give you a flavour of this, we had Amazon report last week and shares actually fell after the actual results because they just slightly missed expectations. Just to give you, again, an actual sense of this, sales rose 19.7% in Q4. They actually were above expectations, I should say, but still the slowest since the first quarter of 2015. And this, the, the prospect of them investing more this year compared to the year just gone seems to spook investors and their expectations for first quarter of 2019 between 56 and $60 billion of revenue was shy of expectations on the street of 60.8 i mean that's quite staggering so their shares fell by five percent because expectations are just so high we had facebook earnings now facebook was a really interesting one because they actually rose more than 10 percent in aftermarket hours on the back of their earnings revenue and user base beat now that may not sound like much they've done that plenty of times in the past but 2018 was a horrendous year for facebook we saw the cambridge analytica scandal we saw all kinds of different scandals that seemed to involve them regarding their use of people's data and this led to a lot of concern about what this would mean for their user base the user base is so important they need to continue a growing user base because they generate all the revenue from advertising well clearly the near-term impact has been marginal if 
anything. So they actually saw a massive boost in after hours trading. We've got plenty more to come this week. I expect them kind of mixed bag, mixed picture to continue. But overall, when we're looking at it, we are still seeing very strong earnings growth and companies are exceeding market expectations, which is encouraging. We've got the first Super Thursday of 2019 coming up this week, Craig, but not expecting much, are you? No, and the reason is that we're still in the midst of Brexit negotiations and that's the biggest influence on the outlook of the economy. I think Mark Carney is going to try and his colleagues going to try their very best to hide in the shadows here. The problem that we have is this week is a really quiet week on the Brexit front. Theresa May's back off to Brussels to try and achieve the unachievable. Newspapers need their headlines. And I'll tell you who's been a really good source of that in the past, and that's Mark Carney. People want to drag him into the Brexit talk, even though he represents an independent central bank. He clearly is uncomfortable at being involved in the actual debate itself. But people, like I say, need to write headlines. The press conference that follows the actual meeting itself, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of questions on what his expectations are for the economy in light of the fact that no deal Brexit's still a possibility, what risks he sees as a result of a no deal Brexit, even though he's been asked it a thousand times. I think the projections themselves are borderline, not irrelevant, but I don't, I think, again, this is one of those like last time where people take them with a pinch of salt because they know there's so many moving parts still that they're probably going to be quite unreliable. It should be interesting and we're coming at a time when the pound's quite strong at the moment because people are factoring out no deal, which has really given a boost to the, the currency. So that could be quite interesting. Finally, Craig, it is, of course, Chinese New Year this week. Does that affect markets in Asia particularly? Yeah, absolutely. It's obviously going to be very quiet. China closed all week. We've also got holidays in uh, Hong Kong and Singapore at various points of the week as well. So that will naturally lead to uh, quieter markets over there. But there's so much going on right now. Just because it's quieter and just because trading volume is going to be lower, it doesn't mean we're not going to see plenty of volatility and movement through those markets that are still open. And it's the first Monday in February, Craig, which has been coined National Sicky Day. Uh, because traditionally there are more people calling in sick today than at any other day during the year. And I'm sure that's got absolutely nothing to do with the fact that people have just been paid and finished dry January. (laughs) Absolutely. Have a very good week. You too. From the team behind Jazz FM's Business Breakfast, a daily early morning 30-minute briefing for the day ahead. On air from 6am. Listen to Jazz FM on DAB, online or just ask Alexa.